Support for this podcast is provided by Paradox, the conversational AI company helping global talent acquisition teams at Unilever, McDonald's and CVS Health get recruiting work done faster. Let's face it, talent acquisition is full of boring administrative tasks that drag the hiring process down and create frustrating experiences for everyone. Paradox's AI assistant, Olivia, is shaking up that paradigm, automating things like applicant screening, interview scheduling, and candidate Q&A, so recruiters can spend more time with people, not software. Curious how Olivia can work for your team? Then visit paradox.ai to learn more. There's been more of scientific discovery more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi there, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 413 of the Recruiting Future podcast. For more than a decade now, I've been flagging up the development of virtual reality as something talent acquisition should have on their radar. It's taken a while, but with tech giants like Meta and Apple making multi-billion dollar investments in technology and infrastructure, is now finally the time for our industry to fully embrace the metaverse. So how would this work and what talent acquisition and HR activities are already in play in virtual reality? My guests this week are Misha Krimov and Jennifer Regan, the CEO and Head of Experiences at Morpheus XR. Morpheus XR are already designing recruiting, onboarding and leadership development experiences in the metaverse and have a huge amount of knowledge to share with us. Hi Misha, hi Jen and welcome to the podcast. Could you just introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? Thank you, Matt. So my name is Misha. Krimov. I'm co-founder and CEO of company Morpheus XR. We're building an enter- uh, metaverse for enterprise. Uh, and basically what we do is we take teams, uh, companies uh, into the metaverse uh, and give them uh, worlds where they can uh, meet each other, have meaningful experiences, team building, onboardings, uh, all this kind of stuff. And I think this is amazing uh, opportunity today to actually shape the future um, of the metaverse and of the future of work, uh, and that's what drives us. And I personally come from uh, from architectural background. My first two companies were um, architecture companies, and I've been building uh, offices, airports, uh, and all kinds of commercial real estate. Uh, and was basically passionate and exploring the topic of the future of work through my work, not only in in just architecture company, uh, but also editing a glossy magazine about the future of work called 100% Office. And uh, and my PhD thesis was about architecture utopias. So also exploring like how people thought about, you know, what's, what's an ideal way to, to live and, and work and do things. And uh, six years ago, I moved to the US, I had a pretty cool startup uh, called Sleepbox here, also kind of exploring kind of the same topic, uh, but through travel. Uh, travel angle. And uh, I've gotten to VR and just realized how powerful this medium is and uh, that all things that I've been passionate about uh, being an architect and uh, um, urban planner 
are kind of make sense in VR. They they work. Like how the space can create meaning and meaningful moments for for the person is pretty much the same as as how physical world can. So that's um, that's what drives me. And Jen. Thank you so much, Matt. And thank you, Misha, of course. Um, my name is Jen, and I am a co-founder and the chief experience officer of Morpheus XR. And my personal experience that led me to this moment um, really was I came into my career as a head of sustainability at a multinational entertainment company. And I was leading change and getting executive decision makers across a very dynamic company, global company to embrace change and adopt new systems, both operationally in the back of house, but also in how they told their stories front of house to the messaging of their audiences. So I was working with the Olympics and FIFA. I was working with music festivals and sports arenas. And I became obsessed with what, what it was that had certain leaders adopt change and embrace it and where I would encounter resistance and people who were resistant to change. And I started to find that those that adopted change the most were the ones that embraced leadership development and professional development and the ones that didn't, hadn't had much investment in themselves as leaders or as, as professionals. So I, I started as, as a change manager and a change agent, I started to develop skills as a facilitator and a trainer, not only attending as many workshops as I can, but starting to host and curate and lead workshops for the audiences of people I worked with that didn't have access to that leadership development, people at the management level, or maybe not at the executive level, or people on house cleaning teams, really allowing those benefits of professional development and leadership skills to be accessed by anybody at all levels of an organization. And I found that that was where my special sauce was at leading change, was recognizing you know the human ability to integrate and connect and understand and interact with content in a self-reflective way really affected people's ability to adopt change. And Morpheus XR is this perfect connection of entertainment and excitement with connection and meaning. How do we um, leverage the excitement of virtual reality to deliver trainings and connected experiences that have people reflect and grow and change with the culture that they're you know, stewarding in their organization. So it's a perfect storm for me from my career of leading change at these multinational organizations and leading change development to now supporting companies that do that, bring their change development and their their programming into the metaverse. Fascinating stuff. And th- there's so much I want to ask you and sort of dig into round, round this whole topic. But I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious that uh, a lot of people listening may never have been in VR, may not fully understand what the metaverse is. So first of all, can we just go through some basics for people? What is the metaverse? What's VR? Who's building it? And how do you access it? So um, there is there's actually now you know an active conversation of what actually metaverse is. But the way we approach it is basically mm, like embodied uh, immersive uh, new internet. It's um, if you if you think about it for the last you know twenty years we are dealing on a daily basis like most of our uh, day actually with digital realm, with digital reality. We're accessing it through, you know, windows, through um, desktop, uh, black mirror, through the phone. Um, Metaverse is uh, a way for us to actually enter this digital reality uh, and experience it uh, directly, you know, with our body um, 
uh, in the form of uh, world spaces, uh, objects, artifacts, entities. Uh, and I think this is very exciting because like we are we're doing this anyway, uh, but it's we're not really engaged. Uh, we're not really part of it. We're just watching uh, on this digital like reality through from the other side of um, you know the looking glass basically. So more practically, metaverse is a space of interconnected uh, or disconnected VR um, based worlds, so immersive worlds that you can access through um, VR. Or putting on VR headset, or uh, actually doing uh, like accessing it through desktop or mobile in you know old-fashioned way, but still, what you'll be part of is spatial 3D world where you can move, pick, pick up things, and and stuff like that. What's really interesting and something that you sort of both alluded to is this sense of immersive worlds and environments and 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 how they affect and shape human behavior and i think obviously this is something that we're going to be talking about a lot over the sort of coming months and years but can we just dig into that a little bit more that relationship between environment and human behavior people are obviously very familiar with that in terms of offices and people working from home and you know the whole the whole sense of space and the huge debate around that at the moment but how is this all applicable in the metaverse yeah great question and uh, I'll I'll answer that not just you know as as a user or as one of uh, co-creators of of the metaverse, but I, also as a, as an architect because uh, that's my background. That's where where I'm coming from. And um, when building you know real uh, building buildings, real spaces, basically what uh, was very magical to me that um, how like house how uh, we unconsciously and sometimes consciously, but mostly unconsciously um, interact with the spaces around us and how they define um, basically the scenarios that uh, we, um, we see that are possible. Basically spaces that you are in, they define uh, like the range of possibilities. Um, and uh, uh what I was blown away with when I first got into VR, that as I realized that, uh, like being in in these in these worlds in the spaces, uh, they work uh, pretty much the same as they were real. Like basically, the only limitation is that when I touch the wall, my hand doesn't stop, but I feel the wall still. It's just I, my hand doesn't stop. That's it. <laughs> um, and I cannot eat there. <laughs> so, uh, but the rest uh, um, uh, works. So, uh, what I realized that the power, like the power of creating meaningful spaces and meaningful experiences in in, in VR, is is basically like it works for our perception same way as just real life experience. That's that's kind of the bottom line. the The idea is that being being in metaverse, you can have um, meaningful moments. You can have insights. You can meet people and like be fully there. So you can live your life there and um, make it a real part of your, um, your life experiences, much on much deeper level than uh, you know watching like interacting with someone on on Zoom or Google Meet or something like that. I mean, that's really interesting. And and when you put it like that, 
we talk to each other on Zoom all the time and we're just interacting with a flat picture. Um, and, and that kind of seems, that kind of seems real. So it's a, it's a really, really interesting and kind of an eye opening way of thinking about it. So bringing it back to recruiting and HR, what's already being done in the metaverse? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go ahead and take that one, Matt. And, you know, I think the answer to this question actually builds off the question about shaping human behavior. You know, one of the things that we are missing in the two-dimensional space of video conferencing is agency and customization. Two-dimensional video conferencing um, really forces us all to be in one, you know, we use the terminology held hostage to one speaker who um, it favors certain personality types, extroverts and uh, people who, who don't have any social uh, concerns about, you know, being seen while they're speaking. Uh, so there's a lot of different personality types that are not favored or comfortable in a Zoom focused environment where you're basically putting someone on stage and everyone is held hostage to stare at that person. And if you aren't the person on stage, you have to, you know, wait for your time or be, be you know, there's a lot of different personality dynamics that get pushed to the side in a video conferencing focused remote distributed workforce. Whereas three-dimensional spaces like these VR spaces restore agency back to the user and allow the different personality types, the breathing room and space to interact where they're comfortable, which actually will lead to more authentic interactions than when we're stuck in a video conference. So for some of us that are more extroverted, we don't notice these things. A video conference is no different than being in a room. As you can tell, I'm confident. I have no problem interrupting people if I want to be heard. But if that wasn't some part of my personality, it would be very hard to be in a Zoom with people who were louder than me or more, you know, extroverted than I am, let alone feeling like I'm on camera <laughs> the whole time, which is something that people literally have stage fright, right? It's one of the t- public speaking is one of the top three fears people have. And Zoom basically makes everyone have to become public speakers in a way that you didn't in a work meeting in a conference room. So three-dimensional spaces that we're using really allow people to find freedom again, to move to where they want to be in the room, to where they want to interact with speakers or engage with the topic, and to express and, and engage in some of the more traditional ways that we do, right? Do you, do you get attention by being quieter, but moving into a physical different place where someone can hear you better because you're physically closer to them versus having to be put on stage. And these kind of elements from an HR perspective are very important. Um, in the recruiting world, we're all trying to interrupt our biases and do blind recruitment. Well, there's nothing blinder than an avatar that is a color that you would not expect a human to be, that is generically androgynous, that doesn't reveal gender, and that has a um, voice modulator so you can't reveal. So there's there are people who are using... VR is a place to do blind recruitment interviews so they can interview based on what they're hearing and what they're uh, hearing from your answers and not what they're picking up from your tone or your intonation or from your appearance. So there's some um, value to that. There's people who are using VR for new hire orientations and trainings, which is one of the main things that we're getting to do and bring into the metaverse and help people with, which is utilizing this three-dimensional space to deliver content that gets to be engaged with. So, you know, you can observe content and click through a video like a sexual harassment training on a 2D computer and people watch a video, answer some questions and move forward. But it's easy to multitask when you're on a two-dimensional screen. 
when you're in virtual reality, your presence is so commanded and you're so drawn in and you actually have to walk across the room to select the correct answer to the sexual harassment training questions, or you actually have to interact with a facilitator and actually discuss or dialogue about those answers. So um, I know I kind of just flu- fluidly explained that, but I guess if I was to succinctly say it, you know, right now VR is being used for recruitment and hiring to interrupt biases and have unbiased recruitment. It's being used for new hire orientation and uh, workshops and leadership development that allow people to feel like they're in the same room and fluidly move from interacting with the content very presently and engaged to then moving into breakout sessions or discussion groups or doing tabletop exercises. All the things that people have been craving to do that they would do if they were in person is possible in virtual reality. A quick message from our sponsor, Winolo. Hi everyone, I want to tell you about Winolo. That's W-O-N-O-L-O. Winolo stands for Work Now Locally. Winolo enables businesses to find quality workers for on-demand, seasonal, short-term and long-term work. Ditch the bulky paperwork and interview process and use Winolo to find quality workers fast and get work done even faster. With flexible workers and no platform fees... You can save on operating costs, meet demand and maximise earnings with ease. Winolo is available in over 100 markets, including Chicago, Dallas, Atlanta, New York and Seattle. Get workers who are ready to work and spend less time finding them with Winolo. Go to www.winolo.com pod. That's www.wonolo.com. O-L-O dot com slash pod and take the stress out of finding workers. Now, virtual reality is a massive play for, you know, a number of the large tech companies who are investing multi-billions of dollars in building infrastructure and giving people access. So if we sort of take it as, as read that, more people will have access in the sort of coming months and, and, and years. What What's the potential for this? Um, what could we be doing in the, the metaverse in, in, in a year's time? Well, I'd love if both of us could answer this because I know that, um, you know, Misha is a, is a visionary as well in this. I know personally something all the co-founders share that motivated us to, to form Morpheus is that, you know, we were all raised by parents who spent 96% of their adult life at work. And we are, gener- generationally speaking, we're continuing that pattern where we spend the majority of our adult life working. I would love to see VR being a tool that let us become so effective in our collaboration and work meetings that we could reduce the amount of hours that we're working in a week because when we meet, we are having these hyperproductive meetings where our notes are being automatically taken while we're talking and a summary is being recorded and we can quickly agree in the meeting where we click on it and say, yes, we agree. And that's the follow-up items. And um, then we can take our time outside of meetings, outside of VR to really focus in and get work done and really reduce how much time we're working. That's my pie in the sky view. But you know, within five years or so, you're going to see... Um, in the HR world, I think that anyone who works in employee relations, um, anyone who works in conflict management, 
or in you know, wellness training, VR is such a rich tool and resource. You send a VR headset to your employee's home and it is a way that you can you can give team members a workout app and they can go to the gym together and work out virtually. They can get together for social experience like a escape room or scavenger hunt, or they can come and attend a you know lunch and learn and a guest speaker. I think for the you know HR professionals out there, VR is going to be one of the best toolkits that any company could invest in because it's a way of really administering. You could do your health fair in virtual reality. You can do bring in a guest speaker for an entire company. I know one of the big things these big corporations do is they'll hire a great keynote speaker for their annual conference. But there are so many people in the satellite office that will just log in through a Zoom. What if you could have a guest speaker Q&A with every single one of your regional offices? Um, and everyone feels like they're in the room with that you know highly coveted guest speaker. So I think VR is going to be a secret toolkit for company culture building for all HR professionals moving forward. And Misha, where, where do you think we're going with this in, in terms of business? How we define it is the value and what we found basically, what we see is the value of your is in high value communications. So when, when you need, you know, like basically the way we look at it is there is one dimension of communication is Slack. When you just li- write a line, uh, you know, to, to your coworker, like, you know, we need to do this. So that's one dimensional. Two dimensional is Zoom. When we kind of flat screen, we see each other, we can exchange words, but there is no real, you know, body language. There is no shared experience. And then there is, for example, you know, meeting with um, with a potential partner, where it's not just about saying words to each other. It's about having shared experience, establishing trust, establishing relationship, um, and like the it's. Uh, these bonds, these human connections, they are they are built on um, basically shared shared um, unique experiences. So this is possible in real life, of course. That's how it's you know been done forever. But uh, this is also possible in VR, and this is I think a, a space. It's not even a medium. It's a space where we can meet uh, after COVID, during COVID. Uh, or just dis- distributed world without travel, um, or just having something, some unique experience that you can cannot have, you know, in re- real life right now, like meeting in a disco disco bar in, in space, um, right? And like that would be like something that you will remember, uh, and that will be a meaningful moment for you. So um, for me, this uh, should uh, basically replace what we're trying unsuccessfully to do now on um, on Zooms, that we try to do stuff that we've been u- doing in real life. Like that should that should move to VR. So uh, gi- I'll give you an example. A new hire joins the company, distributed company. Uh, so how they can you know feel what they are becoming part of, how they can uh, uh, actually see that. Today it's just you know seeing a website and then uh, then you just see sit uh, like work from home and you feel pretty disconnected from from that you know entity and division of the company. Uh, in in VR you uh, you're going to virtual campus of that company. You see you know the architecture, the design, the vision, uh, the materials, museum history. You meet people there. Uh, you sit, you know, near the pond with a koi fish and discuss some project together. Like uh, this, th- 
this is unique. This is, I think, um, what VR is for, basically. I find this fascinating because in the consulting work I do, I do a lot of work around helping companies prepare for the future. And in in my presentations, I think probably for the last ten years, I've had virtual reality as something to, um, you know, something to watch. And it's kind of been a long, it's taken a, us a long time to get to uh, the the point that that we are now. And I think the the, the pandemic has obviously moved everyone's thinking or thinking on um very 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 quickly and i kind of already mentioned the 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 amount of investment that's going into this space so it's obviously an important area that people who work in talent acquisition and hr should should really uh be aware of and be educating themselves on what what should people be doing in terms of um learning more about the potential of the the metaverse and and how they might incorporate that into their strategy I, I absolutely think that talent acquisition and HR professionals should be looking at, you know, one, we would happily onboard anyone who's interested and have a, a consulting session with them. I can tell you right now, one of the challenges is right now, the majority of the VR marketplace has been and continues to be geared towards individual gamers. And there are, if you are pursuing a path to um, developing a enterprise product, people are having to go the path on their own. And that's one of the the problems we're solving, which is we're trying to be an enterprise solution that lets people, instead of having to hire their own company to have their own app developed, um, they can actually, you know, partner with us and bring their their content into our application because our application has the security features and the privacy settings that are needed for corporates and enterprises versus utilizing, you know, a social media based um, application. So, you know, the, one of the things I would say is get a get a headset, get a Quest Two headset, and um, start participating in experiences in the metaverse. And so we have a demo we can provide any of your listeners. We'd be happy to provide and get them plugged in. But I think that already today, which is what's insane, today you can have better, more engaging, and fruitful work conversations in virtual reality. You can already have. Um, brainstorming sessions, reflection, you can already do your new hire orientation. If you are someone whose new hire orientation uh, is, you know, web-based, you can stream that web-based presentation in your own virtual headquarters where there's also basketball and fireworks and things that you can play and interact with. So when you, you know, you can actually incorporate these interactable objects in with your new hire orientation. So you can cement and equate physical behavior with certain concepts in your new hire orientation that become more memorable, more sticky. So I think that people should, uh, talent acquisition, HR professionals should definitely be getting into VR now and, and going on the journey themselves. And I think it's also important to note that virtual reality is not just experienced in a headset of the value and power of a virtual, uh, space can be accessed through desktop and with us through mobile as well. And that, allows you to have all the benefits of the three-dimensional space, the ability to the agency that I was talking about earlier to move around all those benefits. But for those members of your team that might have conditions like vertigo or others that would have them not comfortable in VR, there is an alternative. And uh, we knew for ourselves that we could not um, enter the enterprise market and not have a solution that would work for every single employee because inclusion is not only important for us, but we know it's important for the HR professionals that are building these teams out. So um, virtual reality is a solution, whether it's on desktop or in a headset. 
And I think that people who are in the space should go ahead and start attending. Um, we'd love anyone who wants to reach out to us. We can guide them to different events they can attend to start to think about it. But within two months, they could have their team meeting in VR today. As a final question, I always like to finish asking questions about the future. And with VR, I think so much of the the thinking and, and awareness and perception of it as a concept has been shaped by science fiction, things like Ready Player One or the holodeck in Star Trek or whatever, whatever that might be. And I'm just interested in terms of how you see it sort of moving forward and interacting with 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 real life, as it were. So how is this going to develop? Where is VR going to sit kind of in our existence compared to, you know, I suppose what we call what we call real life? How do we untangle the, the science fiction from the from the science fact? And, you know, where 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 is all this going? To answer that, I would like, like, you've, you've drew kind of a soft line between, you know, real life and VR, uh, but I, um, I found fascinating that virtual reality is, like, the key word is not virtual. The key word is reality. The, the whole point is that your experience is real, and that's what, you know, makes the whole thing real. So we've called our company Morpheus XR. Uh, Morpheus is, um, you know, a god of, of dreams who helps um, to move between wor- uh, different worlds. And XR stands for extended reality, industry term. But I like this this concept of extended reality. It's not actually about, you know, virtual reality as a, some separate, you know, separate part uh, of, of life. It's extending our realities that is now, you know, between office, home, street, neighborhood, block, um uh, to um, extending it to other spaces, to other worlds where um, where we can meet more freely without limitations of you know locations and basically without many other limitations like physical ones, our imagination becomes um, becomes really you know the the driver of of these experiences and um, uh, it can be. Uh, beautiful, magical. It can be ugly, and uh, you know, um, like as all things human human do, it reflects who, who we are more than anything else. Um, so um, I think that um, next uh, few years, VR will just become kind of a natural part of uh, our lives, of our existence. Like you know, TV became. Uh, once like uh, computers became, like phones became, like some of these devices took unproportionately large uh, part of our time. No one saw that coming. So we now kind of struggle, you know, to limit the use of the phone uh, during the day and such. And definitely VR will will trigger all these problems uh, because it's it's sticky. Uh, it, it really is engaging and magical. At the same time, there is it, it takes some you know physical like uh, some learning curve, some like development of the strength of strength of what's called VR legs to to be there for for long hours. So there is some natural you know limitation to how long you can be in VR. Like today, it's I think a couple of hours really. So um, I think we'll just uh, it will be just a like third place, a place space where we go to to meet people to have meaningful moments 
um, that will be just become an initial part of our lives and we'll do it for different reasons, for work, for, to, for entertainment, for gaming, for social stuff. Um, and uh, I think it will make our lives richer. I kind of believe in that uh, the creative force of humanity will uh, prevail on on uh, over uh, tendencies to make things just, you know, make money and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Misha and Jen, thank you very much for talking to me. Thank you so much. Thank you. My thanks to Misha and Jennifer. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.